Credit card companies are making it difficult to buy crypto, but Coinbase is making it easier to accept crypto on your site. Millennials are a crypto-friendly generation. And how would you like to get paid to stream media from YouTube, Spotify, and others? We've got things to say, and we've got questions to ask. Look, you're here. We're here. Let's do this. It's episode number 85 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. you're listening to the bad crypto podcast my name is naomi brockwell stay bad hi my name is joel and i'm a cryptocurrency addict my name is travis and i too am addicted to bit to bit (laughs) just a bit to bit not the whole bit not the whole coin just a bit no just a little bit i'm addicted just a little bit this. That's, this is where you guys out there in uh, Bad Cryptopia go, hi, Joel. Hi, Travis. This is the Unenthusiastic Crypto Podcast. I'm Well, I'm not sober because I'm clearly uh, addicted to crypto. Might as well face it because it is the Bad Crypto Podcast, the show for the crypto curious, the crypto serious, and the crypto addictified. That would be us. That would be us. And here we are, episode 85, you guys. Like, wow. You factor those in, plus all of our ICO spotlights and songs, and we're like 110 episodes deep. Yeah, we're we're real. It's a seven months, and uh, or is it eight? No, it's seven months, and we're going to hit a year before you know it. And we really, Travis, need to start talking about Bad Crypticon 2018, if that's going to happen this We summer. should actually like make a decision and plan, maybe, if we're going to actually do it. We should do some things about that thing. Maybe we should, and we're bad. There's just so much going on. You know, we're heard around the world in 190 or so countries and millions of downloads, and you guys are just the best fans. We have the best fans, Mr. Travis Wright. You know, you go to that Facebook group and you see just the amazing, awesome people that are there on the Telegram group. We do. We it's, we seem to attract just really high-quality people, which is really surprising when our podcast is so bad. Yeah. <laughs> we also attract the best sponsors, including the Zilla app, which is the ICO Marketplace app. Uh, and this is supposed to be showing up. You guys, know, this is like the continuing saga. Apple, when are you going to release this thing? You guys can go check it out, zla.io forward slash bad, and learn what it's supposed to be when it finally arrives. And, and uh, hopefully that will be at any moment. In the meantime, let's go ahead and go to this week's mailbag. Bad Ripple voicemail. You have one new message. Hey, Travis. Hey, Joel. Uh, I'm not going to state my name on this one, but uh, I am a little frustrated. I, I've got some bad information from, from Travis. Uh, I joined the mastermind, and uh, my penis has not grown three inches yet. So um, I am waiting on this to happen, and I was expecting it to happen. So anyways, stay bad. Well, Clearly, it's because you haven't been in the Bad Crypto Mastermind group long enough. <laughs> bad Crypto Mastermind is like Viagra for your crypto. Badco.in forward slash mastermind if you would like to join the uh, growth of our community. 
Hey guys, Brian from sunny Florida calling in again. Long time listener, love the show. I'm just curious to see if you guys wanted to bring somebody on the show that was maybe uh, a little more bearish to kind of hear the other side of the story to make sure we're not all just drinking the crypto Kool-Aid here. Uh, so just trying to kind of get the other side of the story. Maybe somebody uh, who has the credentials like Ronnie Moaz but thinks that things are not going to go uh, up and up and up. So just curious to hear about that other side. Thanks, guys. Stay bad. Well, Travis, I would be totally open to having somebody that's uh, more on the bearish side. You know, Jamie Dimon, what, it, won't he come on the show? Well, won't you come on? Yeah, get on the show. We did have Peter Schiff on the show. He's about as bearish as you can be. He's a, he's a snuggly bear. Yeah, he was he was not a teddy bear. At the end of the show, he was nice. At the first, he was a grumpy bear, grizzly. Then he became more friendly over time. He's a gold bear because he's he's all about that gold. But I would I would not mind having somebody who is really knowledgeable about crypto, who's been you know into crypto for years, but feels like you know maybe things are going wrong, maybe this really is a bubble. Uh, so if you guys have any suggestions for who that would be, then uh, send us a, a message at badcryptopodcast at gmail dot com. And and let us know, or go to badcryptopodcast.com and click the contact. And tell them that we think crypto is bad, and so they need to come on the show and agree with us. Bad Crypto Inbox. You got mail. Nick writes us via that contact form and says, Hey guys, I find myself laying awake at night thinking of Travis. No. Uh, well, close, because he says, I find myself laying awake at night staring at the ceiling, listening to both of your soothing voices. And boom. It hits me. How did this power couple meet? Everyone knows about Jay-Z and Beyonce. Beyonce. I think it's time they know about Joel and Travis. Stay bad. Well, we actually have talked about this, but Travis, why don't you recount that that beautiful day that you and I first encountered one another? <laughs> you know what? There is an episode out there, uh, and I'm not sure exactly what episode number it is. I'm actually feverently typing it in right now. Um, well, that's just like like, like like our superhero power story. Oh, the origin story. But what what like the the very first encounter was it an introduction from? It was an introduction from Lori Ruff. We met in uh, a suburb of uh, Denver. It was you and I and Chris Pulley. And how hilarious is it that you and I and Chris Pulley are working on bad crypto? <laughs> How about episode that? 27? So, if you go to badco.in forward slash 027, you will hear the origin story of Joel and Travis on actually the third time that we ever hung out in person. And it will make you to smile and to be happy and to be bad. So as we're being bad, let's check the news. Well, Travis, the uh, establishment continues to rail against crypto. In fact, a number of big banks, big United States banks are saying, guess what? You can't be buying the cryptos with your credit card anymore. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's not just in America that's happened, but here in America, uh, JP Morgan Chase, they're done. Bank of America and Citigroup said that they're halting the purchases of Bitcoin and other cryptos on the card. So if in the past you had gone to Coinbase or something and you were buying cryptos with your credit card, uh, that no longer works. 
nope, they've started declining those transactions. And uh, uh, it doesn't affect debit cards, apparently, just credit cards. They're saying they don't want the credit risk associated with those transactions. But I think, you know, what's the, the truth there is yeah, crypto. Because the thing about credit cards that most people don't understand, Mr. Jolcom, is that credit does not exist until the moment somebody swipes that card. It didn't exist until then. And so, and if it was a credit risk, then it actually hurts. If the person buys a bunch of Bitcoin and then doesn't pay their credit, it hurts their bill, right? And they're really, cre- that's one thing about the credit cards that is so crazy to me. It's not that JP Morgan has all this money. They're waiting to loan out to people. It's here's a card. And once you swipe, now that money is now created from thin air right then. And now you are responsible for uh, interest on top of money that didn't even exist until the moment you swipe the card. So that this is a play not for that because of risk BS that they're saying. This is because they're battling a little bit uh, against crypto. This is their pushback. But while Coinbase is losing the opportunity for people to buy crypto with credit, they're actually rolling out a service that makes it easier for merchants to accept crypto payments. Yeah, like imagine how handy it's going to be to have this plugin on websites that will allow purchases in Ethereum, Bitcoin, Bcash, or Litecoin. So pretty much any of the four coins or the three coins and that other four coin, they you are able to uh, purchase uh, and have that on your website. So that is that is pretty handy because there's a lot of people who use Coinbase as their entree into the crypto world. That's their first step. And now you make an easy like Chrome-like plugin that you can just put on your website, maybe a WordPress plugin, and now people can uh, can buy and send money through that. That that could be really helpful. We need, yeah, real-world application. That's where crypto goes mainstream. And so this is a step towards that. And, you know, this new generation, well, they're not the newest. They're now an older generation, but they're the millennials. I don't know what we call. What is the, the generation of kids now? Is there an official? Millennials, and then there's Gen Z. And then after that, it's Gen Alpha. Gen, oh, we're starting again. Mm-hmm. Starting over, it should be double A, shouldn't it? It should be, but you know what? If you go through 26 generations of people, none of those other people are still alive. Right, that's true. We can start over again. It's like recycling hurricane names you know, once we've gone through the alphabet. Uh, well, here's the new story on CryptoDaily.co.uk. Millennials love Bitcoin and hate stocks. So this, you know, they find investing less intimidating investing in cryptos less intimidating than putting money in the stock market or other traditional investments Mm. and you know this was an article right here on crypto daily but this was actually confirmed if you'd had a chance to listen to the u.s senate uh, discussions around cryptocurrency that happened well last week at this point um, but in early february 2018 if you go back and watch that video um, Giancarlo, the head of the CFTC, he basically said, yeah, my family, the young kids in my family and the millennials, they love crypto. They don't like the stock market at all. And more and more data is popping up that those aged between 18 and 39 seem less willing to take a chance with traditional investment opportunities. And that's so true. It's like when the financial crisis of 2008 happened, I thought for sure, oh, my gosh, the, eventually this is just going to fall off the cliff, Mr. Joel Kahn which is why I was investing in gold and silver at that time, which instead in 2009 through 
12, I should have been investing in <laughs> crypto. Uh, and now I should be taking all my crypto gains and buying stacks of gold, but I, I got it backwards. <laughs> well, if you can't read the writing on the wall um, in terms of what the trend is here, then you can't read or you don't have a wall. Um, <laughs> to read anything off of because clearly blockchain and crypto are the the future. And there are some that are doing some really cool real world applications. In fact, in the feature segment that we're getting ready to uh, play for you right now, you're going to meet the CEO of a company that's doing some cool stuff in an existing space. You know, typically we do these ICO features on the ICO spotlight, but sometimes we've got more projects to show you than we have time for in the one show. And and the feature today is really something super fascinating to Travis and I as content creators. So our full disclaimer and transparency for you guys, the segment you're about to hear, the interview with Dan Novias of Current is a sponsored segment, uh, an ICO spotlight, if you will, and I believe you will. That means we're being compensated for this. This is actually a a sponsored slot. I was going to say an advertisement. I guess it is really in all intents and purposes. It's the same type of concept, but we we like what they're doing. We wanted to bring this to you, and uh, in no way are we making any recommendations for you to purchase this or any crypto at all. We never do make re- recommendations. Really questions too, though. You know what I mean? So it's not like we're not right, just saying, hey, here's a nice little easy thing. Like we ask some tough questions because it's, they may be paying to be on the show, but they're not paying for us to be nice to them. <laughs> well, we're, we're nice just because we're nice. Well, I'm nice. You're, you're sometimes. I'm nice but, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Good cop, bad cop. I'll let you guys decide which is which. So with that disclaimer in place, secured so that everybody knows exactly what's going on. Let's go to the interview. I am uh, frequently and regularly streaming content, and I'll bet you are too, you know, whether it's Netflix or YouTube or Spotify or SoundCloud or whatever. And I pay for some of that, but nobody ever pays me for it. That's unacceptable, Mr. Joel Kahn. Uh, yeah, you know they have your attention. Why, why not? Why, why shouldn't they? Why shouldn't they pay you? And yeah, if I'm streaming stuff, normally I, I stream Spotify, I stream Audible. Those are things that I typically will stream. I don't watch a lot of TV, so I don't watch a lot of Netflix. But uh, yeah, I love I love streaming uh, radio. I listen to uh, Sirius XM Beatles channel in my car a lot. Well, I'll tell you something. I hope you understand. And when I say that something, Mr. Travis Wright. I want to hold your hand. Oh, that's so sweet. Very nice. Well, next time we see you, I'll give you a high five. Courtesy of George Paul, George, John Paul, George and Ringo. Well, the gentleman we have with us on our feature today, his name is Dan Novias. And Dan is the CEO with Current. The website is current.us. And this is an existing application in the iOS app store and coming soon to Google Play with over 200,000 users. And it looks like they are blockchainifying uh, incentivizing um, streaming for getting paid for streaming all of your media, whether it's YouTube or SoundCloud or movies or TV shows or whatever. So, Dan, welcome to Bad Crypto. Thanks for having me, guys. I like your uh, your music rhymes, man. I think you have a future on that. The podcast, you know, does a side gig. We we do some music here. We uh, we've actually released two songs on Bad Crypto. Uh, where some of our fans are sorry to say. <laughs> don't encourage us dan <laughs> yeah 
it's bad. So Current is an existing app. Talk about what it does now. Yeah, so so Current, um, you know, from a platform perspective, it brings together all your favorite media networks into one place. So um, today we integrate with YouTube, we integrate with SoundCloud, Spotify, um, you know, over 100,000 radio stations, a variety of different playlists, and working on several other integrations. Um, and we bring that all into one place. Um, from a protocol perspective, uh, what we're doing is essentially rewarding people for you know, their most important uh, assets, which we believe is you know, their data, their time, and their, that attention. The first place that, that protocol is being implemented is obviously on the, uh, you know, on the current platform. Uh, but what we're hoping is that you know, in the way that we're building it is so that any media platform can actually use our protocol to reward its users uh, for their data, their time, and their attention, and, and you know, create their own sub-token on the current network. Um, so I can go more into that. But um, you know, today, you know, we think that all media will have this incentive-based ecosystem model. Um, and we're really just setting the precedent of what we think media consumption will be uh, in the next two to five and, and years and beyond, you know. You know, this, it's a fascinating space because it's not like the olden days where people would sit around their TV and they had three channels to choose from. We have so many different places where yeah. you can consume media. Like, you know, I have two children and my daughter, who's 12, loves watching YouTube videos. She also plays some apps that she has on her phone. And it's just interesting to see how they can – they literally never use the TV in the main room anymore. It's like, what is a TV? What yeah. is that? I don't even know what a TV is. Yeah, it's it's a big, big rectangular looking thing that normally sits in a corner. But um, so, so how did you guys, you know, come about this this project and why? You know, with that 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 question by Simon Snack. Why? What is the why behind Current? Hey man, I love that you brought that up. That's a great talk. Um, so, so I think that, I, that I'll tell you how, how we came up with it. But uh, just to add to your point, you know, something I always think about, and it's actually just the philosophy of you know how I how I try and live at least my life. You know, the average human today lives about thirty thousand days, right? Which is about eighty-two years. The average nineteen-year-old today is spending about five hours a day consuming media on their phone. If you project that out over the course of a lifetime, it's about sixteen years of your time that's like or just on that, and it's going up. You know, so if you think of your daughter. Well, the amount of time that 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 she will be spending, uh, you know, consuming digital media because it just continues more and more. Our lives, you know, interact and, and intersect with you know technology. Um, so when you think about that concept, everything that you do with your life, you should do with purpose. And if you're not doing it with purpose, you should at least get paid for it, right? And that's like our, our philosophy around that. And I think that you know the idea behind current uh, didn't necessarily start with just that premise around like you know rewarding people for this attention. Um, and, and what this what, what, what that means. Um, it started off as, you know, we wanted to create a media ecosystem that independent of what country you were living in or anywhere in the world that you would have access to all forms of media. Um, as you were saying, you know, you know, we had this like decoupling of cord cutting services that came out and then media became very fragmented with like a variety of different services. And then what I figured was like, going to happen is that they could be the recoupling of the, uh, of the uncoupling of services would happen eventually. And then when we started thinking about, well, even if we bring together all the services that we do today, we can only really be in like a hundred and some countries uh, out of the 190 countries that exist. So then we started thinking about decentralized media. Um, and what that, how, how you would be able to properly execute in that. Because if you think about decentralized media, it's a very interesting concept. But it, you have a chicken and an egg problem that happens because, you know, we've spent years on services like YouTube and Spotify and whatever curating our content. So I don't think that any decentralized service will just pop up out of nowhere because mainstream consumers just want the best experience. They don't care if it's centralized or not, et cetera. So then we started thinking, well, how do you, would you incentivize that behavior? And then 
that ultimately led us to thinking about, well, what if you actually uh, rewarded people for their attention, right? Which is such an important asset. Then you, if you rewarded, you know, the different players in that consumption cycle being the consumers, the creators, the curators, and ultimately the networks, um, then you could have this network effect to be able to actively bring in decentralized media distribution alongside centralized services, and you'd create the ultimate media ecosystem. And then, you know, that's kind of how the business uh, came to be, you know, or the concept came to be where like one thing led to another in very startup-like fashion. Uh, when we first started building, it was started out as one thing. And then you kind of see like, what are people gravitating towards what makes sense? And that's ultimately what, you know, came about with Current. And, you know, we, you know, raised a, you know, a seed round before we did our token sale to get to where we are today and, and kind of like experimented with those pivots and those ideas and what people were, you know, going after and liked and didn't like, et cetera. Um, but, you know, from the, the why, um, I, I just think that, you know, this thing is something that independent of who you are, where you come from, what language you speak, the one thing that we all share is that we consume media. And it's a massive habit that all of us do because it you know, brings us happiness. It brings us learning, enjoyment and all this stuff. And I think that if you can uh, you know, reward people for that consumption habit in an effective way, and I believe that that will be the next that that's one of our most precious assets. That's that's kind of what current stands for. You know, the currency or, or your token is really the asset behind it. What we're measuring is what people's attention and time and data is worth. So how does that actually work then in the ecosystem? It's a, the currency CRNC is yeah. the token. Uh, how do you use it? Currency can be used for, on the consumer side of things to, you know, pay for premium membership subscriptions. I mean, it has a dollar value associated to it. So, um, you know, that's what I believe you know, the majority of consumers will use it for. Now, we also reward uh, the creators on the network in a passive way. So, Basically, they're getting rewarded twice. Um, they're getting the, their original licensee fees from services like Spotify or, or YouTube or whomever. Um, so the traditional licensee fees. And then we're rewarding currency in an escrow once they meet a certain uh, threshold um, that they can claim up to 12 months. And then we also reward the curators. So people that are curating content on the platform. So something that today we do um, out of passion because you like a topic or, or you know, you're passionate about a song or, or music. And, you know, these platforms get a lot of inherent benefits, um, but we're rewarding that curation too. So you're getting all that life cycle. Now, what we look at um, on why you're being rewarded is a variety of different factors. So we assign a contribution coefficient or a, a variable essentially to every single user. And what we look at is like, okay, you know, what is this person's consumption worth? So much like a hash rate when you're, you know, Bitcoin money, the higher it is, the more you earn. Um, so we're looking at like, if this person wants to share data, how many data sources have they shared with us? Did they share, you know, their calendar access that they wanted to? Did they share their location access? Um, do they have ads on? Is it foreground use? Is it background use? What's their geo? Like, it's a variety of different things. And that's what you're rewarding because, you know, the more data and the more contribution, and for example, that you're giving to the ecosystem, you know, the better our recommendations engine can be, the better our advertising can be, all these things. And that's what essentially people are being rewarded on. Um, and it's allowing users to choose. And it's about giving people choice. It's about giving people choice of how they consume their content. Because today, the choices are very binary. It's like you either pay a subscription service, right, or you don't pay a subscription and you get ads, you know. And those are pretty much the two choices. And I think, you know, we do that first for the consumers. And then, you know, if you think about what we're doing for the creators, creators today, when they upload content, you know, you upload your thing to SoundCloud or Stitcher or, you know, YouTube, your choices are pretty binary as well. It's like, you know, YouTube you might give you an extra 10% on your rev share rate or Spotify, you might be able to negotiate a tag. But if you wanted to go sell your music on Apple Music or your song on whatever, it's like, you don't, you don't put it for 49 cents. You don't put it for $99. You have to put it for 129 because that is what price the Apple's dictates right centralized so yes yes so so the concept behind 
this is that if I allow Apple, oh, sorry, if I, th these services, I'm not saying that you shouldn't put your content there because it's great distribution. But I'm saying that if I'm getting tens of millions of people to, uh, you know, be a part of this uh, ecosystem and then now be launched at the centralized platform that lives along these centralized services, now creators can be like, you know what, I want to charge a fraction of a cent for my uh, content or I want to actually pay you a fraction of a cent for the content or I want to give it free, whatever. It's about giving the creators a choice of how they want to distribute content you know, throughout the world. And we might be able to also give them access to a variety of countries that they're not in today because of the centralized distribution, um, you know, and then moving into the future of the platform. So, you know, we're taking a variety of different angles of where we see media consumption and, you know, we're not trying to, and I'm like, our goal isn't necessarily just to be like, you know, a westernized platform. And that's why we thought about like, it shouldn't just be a platform-based ecosystem. You know, we should make this protocol so that other media platforms can tap into it and create their own incentivized mechanisms as well. Uh, because I think that all media consumption will be this way as we move into the future. Um, so that's kind of like, you know, some of the thought processes around that. Right on. Let me ask you this. Uh, so say, for example, there was a podcast about crypto and it was bad. Like, how would how would a show like that benefit from your streaming platform? Because we're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. We're on all the TuneIn and iHeartRadio and all that stuff. How would that work for us? Yeah, so, so essentially the way it works is, you know, once someone reaches like a certain threshold, you know, I, I believe it's like, say, you know, 10 streaming hours or um, it's, it's like a very minimum threshold. They become eligible to basically, you know, claim just the tokens associated to their consumption. So if I'm a user and I'm consuming hours of media, this breakdown of every token that's, that's essentially created or mined, right? We, use, we still use the word mined in, in our system, but it's basically just based off consumption as the North Star, would get put in uh, – the, the breakdown is 55% goes to the consumer, the person consuming. Then 20% goes to the creators, um, the content that they're consuming, who, who created it. And then 20% goes to the curators, and then there's 5% for referral fees and, and, and the token pool. So you essentially could then you know, tap into current and see like how much did I earn. And there's nothing that you need to really do at this point in time, like you know, in this first phase of the ecosystem. Um, it's like as long as your platform is in the – or sorry, as long as your content is in the platforms that we integrate with and people are consuming in it, then you know, you're eligible to do that. Now, if people don't claim it after a period of 12 months, uh, what we imposed was a decay rate. Um, a 10% a month decay rate that it goes back into the token pool. And the reason that we did that is that, you know, you know, we wanted to incentivize people to come on into the ecosystem. Because if you think of what that business model is, it's actually quite amazing. Because I go into, you know, creators like, hey, you have all this free, you know, cryptocurrency sitting here that you never knew you were going to get. There's nothing that you had to do. And here it is, you know. And by the way, here's like what we're trying to build, you know, and what do you stand? And then like, here's what we stand for. Um, and I think that that's like, you know, we've had a tremendous response from, you know, the creative industry uh, from that because, you know, I, we're trying to shape like, you know, what the future of media and get more control to those creators and provide more monetization uh, routes for them as well. As a longtime content creator, you know, on many platforms, I've done radio, obviously doing podcasting, created video, both recorded and live. Uh, you know, monetizing it has always been a challenge. And so this is uh, certainly interesting to me. Let's talk a little bit about the tokenomics. It looks like you have a fixed token supply of 1 billion CNRCs. Explain how somebody then um, participates in getting some of these tokens. Yeah. So, you know, one of the ways was through our uh, token sale, which we closed out last Tuesday. And, you know, we, we ended up having to do, we ended up raising $36 million um, on the private side. 
we now have a $4 million minimum airdrop that we're doing that people can sign up for right now. One of the reasons that we decided to do or take this approach was, you know, we had about 250,000 people in the course of literally three and a half weeks uh, express interest in participating in the current token sale. Um, so the things that we didn't want to do, especially for us, we have to think about this even further, um, is as a consumer-facing ecosystem, you know, users are my North Star, right? And if I went and did a token sale, for example, we would have had to block users because of the regulatory environment, right? And that's not good for, for us. Uh, and, and we also didn't want to limit allocations for those who were able to participate. So what we decided to do is, um, you know, we closed it on the private side that, um, from, from a regulatory perspective. And then we, you know, lined up with strategic uh, backers through that. And then now we're, you know, giving the community millions of dollars of tokens to best see the ecosystem. So we didn't have to block anyone and allow everyone to participate. You know, we have a variety of different opportunities for people to earn. And then um, just from uh, a perspective of, you know, the way for you to earn when you're consum- consuming on the platform. So um, once we kind of, you know, once we implement this into the ecosystem itself, which, you know, we're, we're going to make some announcements on, it's just as simple as just going in there and consuming content, you know, and, and you know, we're working on some partnerships to also bring this to other platforms as well uh, for a similar, like I was saying, like other incentive-based ecosystems. Uh, then you just consume content and, you know, provide and you decide how you want to consume your media and earn that currency. So right now, those are the, the best ways, I guess, to uh, participate uh, as we move forward. All right. So I, I want to ask you real quick about uh, your team, right? So I know you have some amazing investors and advisors, right? You got some great people on there. Mark Cuban of uh, the Dallas Mavericks, uh, John Wise, who's the CEO of Loki. Uh, you have some other, you know, people of uh, Gallia over there at Bancor who we'll be chatting with uh Shortly, uh, you have some great members on the advising team. Now, it says pro- you have a proven team. How many actual team employee members do you have currently? And, and uh, you know, how, how would you rate them when it comes to their technical expertise? Yeah, um, so my team and I working, I co-founder Kieran and Nick as well. I think that we've been working with each other for nearly six years, right? And I, I think that, uh, like, Kieran and I have you know, definitely met when he was like literally getting out of high school. I think that, you know, from a, from a perspective, like our team today is about eight people and, uh, you know, we have a variety of different contractors that's, that's full-time people. You know, then we have a variety of contractors and other people that we, we work with, but in terms of a technical perspective, you know, I think, you know, we've always focused on consumer facing ecosystems, right? We built, we've, we've probably brought in, you know, five to 10 apps uh, in the top, like, you know, 10 of the app store generating tens of millions of downloads, making several millions of dollars in that. Uh, we ran one of the top 500 highest traffic websites um, in, in the space as well. And we've been building, obviously, I, I don't know if you guys have had a chance to download Current to see kind of, you know, what we've built. Um, but, you know, a lot of these issues that, you know, when you're investing, when you're putting money into anything, you're, you're really backing a team. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of lessons that teams do as they scale forward. You know, and we've learned a lot of the lessons. We scale teams from zero to 30 to you know, 50 employees and things like that. So, you know, that's like in terms of the technical capabilities and scaling businesses, that's something that we've, you know, have, have done. And I'm sure that there will be things that we'll have to encompass that, you know, not even we know, because especially when you bring, you know, nearly $40 million in, um, it, you're, and you're scaling, it's a totally different animal, right? And we've been uh, meeting with those advisors, meeting with guys like Bancor and Galia and Eyal to see, like, you know, what are the challenges that you faced, um, you know, when you did your token sale? Because it's not a common thing to go from, from 8 to 50. Um, and if you think about what that means for your culture, your engineering team, and scaling that properly without creating like a bunch of chaos, um, it's a lot of things to think about. And we've been planning it for quite a bit. Um, so, you know, I, I think like, you know, our team 
has gotten us to a point where we are uh, today. And now we're like bringing in more senior development talent uh, to even assist in the, the, the scaling process around what we're doing, you know, and building this further infrastructure. So um, we're also found fortunate to have, you know, guys like Dave Hoover, um, who is also an advisor and, and also investor of our project, early seed investor as well, um, who's like, you know, a mentor to Kieran. And he was like, you know, an engineer at Consensus and, and head of blockchain engineering at Rays and now Augur. Um, so, you know, that has helped with our infrastructure and a lot of stuff like that. And he's kind of like, you know, working with us as well. And, um, you know, we'll bring in a bunch of other people on that. So, you know, the, from a technical standpoint and, and just, you know, executing on a product, um, you know, I think that we have an incredible, you know, situation and, you know, by having a product out in the market, uh, it also helps as well. Surround yourself with some pretty awesome people for sure. There's uh, there's a way for you guys to participate in the airdrop. Go to current.us and right there on the main page, enter your email to apply for that and you can learn a lot more about the app including their referral program um, and all the places that you can connect with current in fact in the lower right hand corner there's a, a button that says ama ask dan anything chat with our ceo live so if you have additional questions just click that chat now button and dan does that actually go to you so, so yeah, it goes to our uh, it goes to our Telegram group. I am active in the Telegram every day. We have about eighty at the time of this recording. We have about eighty one thousand people. Wow, uh, it's actually eighty two thousand eight hundred eighty six. So that is one of the biggest Telegram groups I've ever seen. Um, yeah, uh, really strong. Yeah, it grows about five thousand, forty five thousand every day. Uh, we're about to hit the hundred thousand cap. Um, so we're, we're just made a new, another channel today for uh, news updates because that's the only thing we can do. Um, yeah, so in, and we have a twenty four seven community service in there as well. Uh, you know, like five or six people that man that any times of the day. Um, yeah, I mean the community has been very strong on this, and you know we we get so many replies. I when I wake up in the morning and I sleep like you know say six seven hours, I it's like you know when you click on Telegram, it's like. 8,000 unread messages. You're like, wow, that's a, that's a shitload. Um, but uh, yeah, if you know, people at me or DM me, you know, I, I really do try and, and, and read every question because, you know, it's important to be in tune with your community and see what people are, uh, you know, saying and, and questions and, and things like that. So, you know, we try very hard and that's why we wanted to, to, to have that thing in there to allow people to open those lines of communication and answer questions and be in tune. And that's why we do a lot of interviews a lot of uh, reviews, a lot of AMAs, and, and, and be there for the community. Well, congratulations on a successful uh, pre-raise. And you guys can go check out all the things at the website current.us. Dan Novias, CEO, uh, thanks again for joining us. Travis, anything else you want to say? Yeah, I, I would just be curious, uh, Dan. Uh, one of the questions that all of our listeners, they, they really love to know is, uh, when Lambo, when Moon? <laughs> I don't know that he can answer that question. <laughs> yeah, just from, from a legal perspective, but it, it is like a funny thing that that's like the, the it's funny that you just said that because I literally was just telling my mother about that. And I was like, she's like, what's the most common question people ask? I'm like, when moon, when Lambo? That's the that's question that we see the most. <laughs> well, best of luck on your project, man. Uh, you looks like you got some great stuff going on over there. Uh, you already have an app up on iOS. Looks like, yeah, how long until Android is ready? Man, we're hoping by uh, sometime in Q2 we'll be able to release that. We're working hard on it, and uh, you know we know that we have a huge Android community out there. I um, am one of them. I know, I know, I know. I, I man, it's you know we when you're building a pro. I think this goes back to what we were saying earlier. You know, it's 
you know, when you're running, especially with a seed stage budget, you, you're, you're pivoting a lot, right? And to run two developments, especially when we do native development on our stuff, it just like doesn't make sense from a financial perspective because you're still trying to figure out now that we have our product in place. Now we'll have, that's why we're like hustling hard on it. So we'll have it soon and I, I will gladly share it with you um, as soon as it is. Excellent. Rock on my friend. We'll catch you a little later. All right. Thanks guys. There we go. That was current. And um, now it's past because we've already had that interview now and I hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> and we hope you've enjoyed the show and we do appreciate the reviews. In fact, those of you who take the time to do that. Uh, we love you. Have a you special m- place in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> we love you more, don't we? we? It's next to good crypto. Yeah. If you want more love, then go give us love. Go to iTunes or any of the places that you listen and just take a minute. You know, come on. We, we know that we've just taken 45 minutes or so from your life that you'll never get back. But if we could just have one more minute that you'll never get back, go write us a review. Uh, and we're not going to tell you how to review us, but go do it. Review us honestly. And uh, that's, fine. that's fine. Maybe your parents didn't hug you enough, but that's why we're here to hug you. We're hugging your eardrums. That that is what we do, actually. Uh, Travis and I are off to, um, well, in a couple days, we're off to San Francisco for D10E. We told you about this before. We're going to tell you again, D10E.biz. If you're in the area, go get a ticket and come see Bad Crypto Live. It's going to be great fun. And we're also going to be interviewing some ICOs that are there to compete in the ICO pitch. I think there's 25 ICOs that are going to be doing a pitch that day for a prize. It could be. Yeah, we're going to be doing it live again, and it could be a total train wreck. So you're going to want to see that in person, if at all possible. Yeah, we don't even know what we're going to do yet, uh, but we'll figure it out because we're bad in a good way. Yeah, that's that's at least that's what we're thinking. So we'll see. Yeah, so stay bad, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.